Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Sort of back triumphantly, at least as close as, <laughs> as, close as we can get we right can, now. We can say it's triumphantly because yeah. we haven't sat together to talk into a microphone in three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. Trying some time. Trying to be safe, trying to keep things the way that they need to be, but uh, uh, I'm excited to be back in the same studio and getting back to what we love to do, which is nitpick movies. <laughs> yes. Uh, comic book movies. Ha, wait. N- not exactly. Not really. No. no. They made comic books based on this property, but uh, that was after the existence of the just fabulous cartoon series G.I. Joe. I I have such fond memories of that show. Actually, if our listeners remember our discussions that we had about our comic movie reviews as we went year by year, early on our discussion about what constituted a comic book movie oftentimes included a reference specific to G.I. Joe. That's right. As it was a lineup of toys and from the toys and the cartoon show and the money that developed from that, that led into a comic book series where all the things that we reviewed were the opposite. They did the comic book first right, and then the toys and the other TV shows and whatever. Funny thing is this was a Marvel comic book. Yes. Uh, this and, uh, like transformers, for example. Yeah. That's, uh, kind of, kind of interesting where all of that fits together and sometimes the crossovers that they have um but so we're not going to talk about the first gi joe film we're not going to talk about the second gi joe film we are specifically talking about snake eyes gi joe origins yes which in the first couple of those gi joe films they had core characters that everybody recognized by name and we could honestly say that in those movies and things that were presented and how they were presented, it was basically the same names and kind of the kind of the same characters, and that's as far as the similarities went. Like, yeah. if you if you were, we talked about this a little bit. If you were a fan growing up in our age group and you grew up collecting GI Joes or watching GI Joe on TV. This set of G.I. Joe films would get you excited mm-hmm. and then ultimately disappoint you <laughs> pretty heavily. Um, we never reviewed them, but we were talking about this before the episode that we're recording right now. And uh, I had seen the original G.I. Joe film. Uh, I think Richard said he had seen the original G.I. Joe film as well and just rewatched the second. And I just remembered how incredibly god awful that that film was yes uh if you've seen either one of the one thing that's like i'm i'm picturing in my brain right now in the second one in retaliation uh it it has some it still has some focus on storm shadow and snake eyes and the blind master right and we'll discuss that a bit more in this particular movie because it's about their origins well the blind master in uh, the retaliation movie was Riza. Yeah. <laughs> in some of the worst makeup and prosthetics, it 
it's hilariously bad. And there's a lot wrong with that movie, period. But yeah. that that's one of the things that really stands out in my brain because it was really bad. But that's not what we're reviewing today. Um, now, for those of you that are not completely familiar with our reviewing technique, and even if you are familiar with our reviewing technique, we're going to go over our completely scientific yet not really method of going through the film to break it down to its barest components and judging those in a not fair or balanced way whatsoever, just completely about whether we like them or not. Now, normally, up until this point, we like to give the films uh, up to 100 points, and we break down into subcategories like cast, director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, and plot and writing, and each of those have their own point values. We have now added one more category, and that is one that we have talked about being missing out of this list for a while. We now have a separate score category for the soundtrack, uh, whether it's the uh, any actual you know, rock and roll, country, whatever songs that are going to be on uh, the soundtrack for the film, or whether it's an actual orchestrated soundtrack within the film as the, the movie plays along. Helps give ambiance, and it's important, so needs its own category. I feel like we've discussed this before. Um, what did we watch? We were watching the... Coming to America sequel mm-hmm. to T-O-O, right? Um, and we had a guest with us, and he had mentioned the same thing, like, oh, well, why don't you have a part of this that, that deals with the music or the soundtrack? And we're like, you know what? Like, yeah, like that's actually a good point. And I think this is a, a real good change because some of the things were weighted pretty heavily with 20 points, and you know, slicing them down by five really isn't a huge deal breaker no but the score can be a huge momentum shift in the quality of a movie so absolutely it can completely immerse you or take you out of a scene so pretty pretty important so let's let's get into it we will start where we normally start let's go in with uh the director uh now i guess i should say uh snake eyes came out in 2021 so it's not brand brand new Fairly new. But fairly new. I, I would also like to bring up one other minor thing, too. Then this works both ways. So for folks who have enjoyed the G.I. Joe cartoon when they were our age growing up, or if you're younger or older and never watched it, you can actually go to YouTube right now. And Hasbro's got a, uh, a couple different YouTube channels that you can sit and watch every bit of every G.I. Joe show. Like, basically uninterrupted and just you can see exactly what we refer to or what we're talking about when we kind of have memories or ideas of what this film should be right so the uh, director of this film is robert schwinke i'm going to assume that i'm pronouncing that right and if i'm not i'm still going to pronounce it schwinke because it sounds funny Sounds good to me. Born in Germany. Yeah. Uh, Now, this is not the uh, first big budget film that this gentleman has directed. I mean, if you are familiar with it, uh, the Divergent series uh, was, uh, they thought, going to be very popular. (laughs) And I don't think it ever really got there. But uh, he directed that that series. And the... uh, comic book adaptation R.I.P.D. that no one liked. I mean, 
I've seen worse movies. Yeah, me too, for sure. Uh, Red, before that, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great comic book adaptation. He did The Time Traveler's Wife. Well, that's a 180 swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's done a few things. Flight Plan, that was a fairly popular one. Is that, is that Denzel? I thought it was. No. Oh, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Okay, that's the one where something happens on the plane. But My son. I have a son. I'm pretty sure that's what that one yes. is. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's done a lot of... Uh, Movies with some big names, big names, and low box office. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these have not done particularly well, whether that's for any good reason or not. Um, but uh, but what it does mean is that the the box office, or not the box office, but the production companies are willing to give this dude money and uh, uh, the wherewithal to create kind of whatever. They yeah. trust him. Yeah. He's got a couple projects coming up, so obviously he can, he knows how to take a script and put a movie together. Yeah. So um, director often encompasses how well the film is edited together. We, we may eventually split that into its own category, too. Seven and a half for directing, seven and a half for editing. Right. But, uh, but it's uh, how well does it feel like he's – made the vision come to life how well do the actors act as a cohesive unit um and and flow into the film and how well does the film present itself but okay (laughs) it's kind of the feeling that i got on this yeah uh, i'll go with okay uh and we'll we'll get into this more in terms of how the plot worked uh but i always I, I I thought in this movie there was a lot of times where it was just real busy and there was a lot going on. Or it, it seemed at times where things that happened as they happened didn't they weren't logical no. as they happened. And part of that's gotta be with the, the direction and the script. And then the editing was good at times, pacing was good at times, but then weird at other times you know just had like a good feel weird feel inconsistent correct yes i I, yep and so i mean you can sometimes overcome that the plot is good enough if the actors are good enough um you can still have a very uh, pleasing film but it it would constantly between the editing just from one scene to another like at the beginning where it goes from the flashback uh, into the modern day fight it was a little weird. It was a little sudden, but I know that's supposed to be sudden because he's in the he's thinking about it in the middle of his fight, as as one does. Yes, you're getting punched in the face, <laughs> and you're gonna think about <laughs> the time when you were younger. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Sure. Whatever. Um, but just the the stitching between the. I guess it's just the stitching between the action scenes and the non-action scenes didn't flow. I think that's where it was for me. Uh, yes. And, y- you know, that's not the – we'll get to the cast. And the cast can do what they can do because of the script that they're giving, given and the director's vision of things. But it's, it's sometimes you hear about movies filmed five hours worth of stuff and they edited it down to two hours. 
I'm wondering if that even happened in this movie where they so. needed it to be a certain length of time and they really stretched it to get to that <laughs> length of time because they found things that were great but not quite great enough. But they felt, eh, we've, we've got to have that two-hour mark, so let's put this in there anyway. Yeah, it's it's in a lot of ways it feels like, I don't want to say it feels like a fan film, but, oh, here's here's the best way that I can describe it. You know how we're fans of G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. and if we would make a G.I. Joe film, it would be like an ode to the original source material. This is like a fan film made regarding other stuff, but he had to make a G.I. Joe film. Yes. Like, <laughs> okay, we're going to give you these um, six characters that have been in the G.I. Joe series in some form or fashion and go. Like, that was it. Like, yeah. that, it that's. But I love all this other stuff, so I'm going to pack that into this instead. Yeah, it's it's disappointing because if the intention on this uh, didn't come from him in the sense that this is our vision for G.I. Joe going forward for the next 10 years and you're going to be the one that introduces that to the rest of the, the films. And he's like, OK, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so okay. out of 15, that's a 10 for me. I think we agreed similar, yeah. um, so same score, 10. Benefit of the doubt. I'll give him on that one. I, I I don't know how much of this is him and how much is other stuff. And considering the other things that he's directed have swung between amazing and just not good. Uh, eh, eh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I think a, a two-thirds score is yeah. fair. So that's almost always the way it goes with the director. The director's pretty quick. Uh, eventually, I may chop director down to 10 points. Because I'm starting to think it's just not that important of a category. Well, they do have a separate Academy Awards category specifically for the director. They do. They do. But uh, sometimes the face of the film is, as we were talking about, the cast. And the cast in this film, fairly impressive, really. There's some good uh, good faces, some good names. Although the, the thing, the way... Uh, Americans, I feel like, consume international films now. And the way a lot of people judge or grade people when they introduce a cast is, uh, well, why did you hire that person to be in a role that's not a man, a woman, a person from Asia, a person from South America, right? And it's interesting that the actors in this are all... In terms of their ethnicity, ethnicity, but their martial arts skill, mm-hmm. right? And in terms of these movies, you you see some of the the first names and last names, but like the main characters, Henry, <laughs> Andrew, you, you know. And it, I I just think that there is really good representation from across the world for people they can fit in the appropriate types of roles. Now, I don't know very much about Henry Golding. Oh, um, he's good. He's really good. What What were some of the things that he has been in? So, like uh, Crazy Rich Asians is what a lot of people may know him from. Oh, that's why his face looks so familiar. Okay. But, but for me, my favorite thing that he's been in, uh, I know I've talked a lot about this film uh, maybe not over the, the show, but uh, A Simple Favor. I really liked A Simple Favor, mm-hmm. and he had a very prominent part in that and did very well in that film. 
Um, so, I mean, between those two, I feel like he can kind of get any, any part <laughs> that he might want. Um, you know, he's a handsome gentleman to begin with, and uh, he has some acting chops. Um, so would I have cast him as Snake Eyes? No, never would I have thought about that. Now, is that because it was the wrong one? Well, not necessarily. Uh, I thought he actually did okay. Yeah, no, his his delivery on his lines, his facial expressions, his emotion, you, you know, it was all it was all good. Like he's he's clearly good at what he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you think about now, it's Snake Eyes is an interesting character, because if you're going to put Snake Eyes in any movie going forward, Snake Eyes never takes his helmet off. No, you don't. He never talks. He's just an action figure. When you finally see him, you find out. He falls into the the white savior trope kind of thing because he's like white as the driven snow in the comics. So changing that, not necessarily a bad thing. Not not a big deal. However, if you want to base it on the type of character that we saw. So in the in the first set of Snake Eyes movies, it was one of our favorites, Ray Park. Yeah, Ray Park, man. That dude is awesome. So that is all action stunts. And unfortunately for Ray Park, he doesn't get a lot of lines no. in the things that he's in. But when he, he's he's a, a visually like awe, like jaw driving, like athleticism yeah, he's type of person. So the thing, and maybe this is a plot tool as well. In this movie, we see the setup as he was young, something happened. Now he's old. What happened in between there where he's suddenly this skilled martial arts fighter expert? <laughs> right. Like we, we can infer that the Storm Shadow character who's grown up his entire life in a ninja clan has been trained since birth. But where did he get his skills and what type of skills did he have? So right. we, we kind of saw that because his skills were rough yet polished in a certain sense. So, and that was that was the interesting thing. I mean, you want to make these fight scenes look really good, but if you look at the stylistic choices that they make, there's a lot of gymnastics. There's a, a, a lot of uh, straight line martial arts. There's, I mean, in, in terms of what he's presenting. So it's a lot of what they call, uh, call hard style uh, martial arts. You're not seeing a lot of grappling. You're not seeing a lot of throws. You're not seeing a lot of circular movements. It's in straight lines like hard karate. That's what you're getting. Um, and sword play. And sword play, which is a little weird because the swords are katana, um, which you generally don't train with the katana when you're learning uh, karate. Well, the other thing that was kind of pointed out in this too, and this is more of a cinematography piece, but... During a lot of these fights, and we'll get into this more, it was more their fighting and less of, I'm going to twirl my swords in different directions and show different flashing movie things. So, like, that part I appreciated. Yeah. You didn't get that cheesiness to it. It was just straight up, we're going to attack each other. Even though it's 20 against two, we're just going to send one person at a time. But, you know, that's how those movies work. But... um if you look at his other movies too, like Crazy Rich Asians, mm -hmm. not real action involved, no, right? So, no. 
Um, obviously, he got a chance to showcase his athleticism in this particular movie. And I thought he did well with it. I mean, he looked good. I mean, they, they clearly worked hard on these on these pieces. Yeah. Um, and that and and you can see it because that's it's it's slick. Yeah, I didn't really see. I didn't see any issues in terms of stuff that did, got missed in editing or whatever, where there there was a mistake that was made. It's like no, this is pretty solid all around. Um, so yeah, I mean, while I would never have chosen him for that part, uh, yeah, yeah, it works for me. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as uh, Storm Shadow, I absolutely love. Uh, this guy and I love him kind of because of you having me watch that uh, having me watch that uh, show Warrior. it's <laughs> it, it, he shows that he has skills in that show already and uh, and just brings it into this equally well and I, I I really like that casting I think in terms of being able to show that kind of rage just under the the surface which storm shadow always is supposed to have yeah 100 percent. and he's presented in this particular movie as kind of being a cool calm in a certain sense character also right yeah so like not he's not ninja all the time he's business leader person right and there's a lot of fancy you know jets that he's flying on and well uh well dressed well dressed suits and stuff like that so you, you get a a mixed bag of i'm action star and i'm business leader behind the scenes person so yeah i mean and yeah i i, I like this dude that was a great choice i i enjoyed it um in that particular um casting so yeah well Keep going with that right. So, so far, so good. The first main two people, great cast. And then they bring in uh, someone like Haruka, is it Abe? I'd say Abe. And, you know, she was impressive. She I, did well. Is Are we supposed to know from G.I. Joe lore the Akiko character? Yes. She eventually shows up. Um, She's I, not Jinx, is she? I don't think so. I think she is her own character. Okay. Um, it's been so long since I've watched or since I've uh, read or watched anything, but yeah, this this actress has been in a ton of stuff, and it seems like it's a lot of action stuff, <laughs> but uh, not only action stuff, but you know, a yeah, lot of action, a stuff. lot of action stuff. But the fact that uh, <clears throat> she was in Cruella as Liberty Woman—that's kind of rather amusing but uh yeah she was in 47 ronin which that movie was uh, from what i heard pretty solid mm-hmm. i didn't get a chance to see it i love anything keanu's in but uh too much to do too little time to do it so you know i gotta say they did a great job with her casting considering they did not give the whole love angle enough writing to develop yeah, for the time that they had uh, she did with that what she could and made it feel real. Forced. Well, it's always going to feel forced. Okay, you're not going to have a whole lot of dialogue to show that you're falling for him. Uh, you're going to get three looks and one conversation. Go. So with that, she did what she could. Yeah, I. the, the fact that he 
this is, I guess, more of the plot thing, so we'll, we'll talk about it later. He basically trashes the clan that befriended him, but then they all love him still. I don't know, just weird. Kind of, kind of. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was uh, still good casting. But uh, Hardmaster, man, I tell you what, this actor is the man. Why do they have that? It's great that they got him in anything that they could do, but to give him a role where he has you know snippets of screen time like you're doing yourself a disservice like why does that dude not have more screen time and here's the other thing too why is his screen time like why does he not have more screen time in american features where he would have a larger international box office Uh, so it if we're talking about this character what's his name is it Ico? Ico. Ico? I, I just figured Ico, I'd, Ico, I, I, I'd uh, let you do this one. <laughs> and it's either Uice or Uwais. <laughs> well, he's from Indonesia. So it 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 could be it could be pronounced in ten different ways. Uh, probably not, but we can pronounce it in ten Correct. different ways. <laughs> and because he's an international superstar, we should probably know how to but uh, he's been most most folks who are f- f- fans at all of international martial arts movies know about the raid. U.A. Corny. U.A. Corny. That doesn't make sense. Oh, that's his original name. Well, that doesn't help. We want to know how this name is pronounced. <laughs> so, oh man. Anyway, uh, he's in the raid, and if you watch the raid movies, there's a lot of talented people in the raid movies, but obviously he's the one that kind of stands out because he's pretty awesome. And in this movie, he really doesn't get to showcase his talents. No. Um. Yeah. His his. His hand-to-hand capabilities as a, as an actor are pretty impressive, and uh, yeah, he's got a good look to him, and he, and he can definitely deliver. Um, yeah. What else? So we were looking at some of the things that uh, he was in, and I said the raid, but he, when has he been in? Um, he was in Stuber. <laughs> <laughs> Mile twenty-two. So like, why are you in some of these? Yeah. It's in episode seven of Star Wars. Razu Quinfi. The Force Awakens. Yeah, so no one would have known that was him. Okay, but uh, the raid was in 2011 and the raid 2 is 2014. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. And I hope he gets more screen time kind of going forward yeah. so people can get, get a view of him. Uh, now, one guy's got plenty of screen time is Peter Mensah. Uh, he's in everything. A little bit of everything. Um, Justifiably so. I've always been a huge fan, and I've mentioned it before, that Spartacus, the whole series, is one of my favorites. And he's got a starring role in that. Um, and then I asked uh, Ken, too. I was like, isn't he the one that got kicked into the well? Um, and yes. everybody was like, yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, in an extremely <laughs> overrated movie called 300, uh, he's the one that got 
chest kicked into the well. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would say extremely overrated, but maybe not as good as some people think that it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's just been all over the place. I mean, he's been in the Marvel films. He's been in some just, uh, wow, just so many films. He was in Jason 10. Yep. Sergeant Brodsky. Yes. Okay. I mean, all those movies are bad to an extent. That one's really cheesy. Well, like, you, you go in understanding it and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, that's the one where he gets the nanobots to rebuild his body because the spaceship recovered him thousands of hundreds or years or whatever into the future, and they brought him onto the ship, and then he starts chopping people up. Oh, that Jason, I tell you what. <laughs> But uh, they also had Samara Weaving as Scarlet. Um, I like Samara Weaving a lot. Uh, this is another instance that I would never have cast her as Scarlet. But unlike Snake Eyes, I don't think she was the right fit for the character. The character itself, they tried to have some pop and substance in. And, you know, I think she delivered that. Now, could there be someone else who's better? Yeah, yes. Um, I, I mean, I the person that they... She wasn't the worst in the movie. No, no. So... Uh, and it could be they just didn't give her enough screen time for me to get a real opinion. But with the screen time that she was given, okay, she kicked some dudes' butts in a bathroom, and then she showed up at the end for the fight. With some, some guns yeah. and whatnot. It was, meh. I mean, if, if you were to look at it from a certain standpoint, she looked like she could handle herself well with yeah. the weapons training and things like that. So, like, that part didn't look awkward. No. Uh, I couldn't even – I didn't even know it was her, to be honest with you, because of the the wig that she had on. Yeah, that was another problem. Um, maybe not as big of a problem as uh, the Baroness. Um, I'm not real familiar with this actress. She's done – a lot of stuff that is not American. Um, so I just, Ursula. Have, just haven't seen it. She has been in some uh, American films. She was in Money Heist, uh, a film that I refused to watch because it was called Money Heist, uh, or TV series, I should say. Uh, it's just like, that's a, that's a dumb name. Uh, M- money. This is Boxing Fight. <laughs> this is Tree Leaf. Uh, that's not a good one. No, it's not a good one. But, uh, yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff, just not here. The boarding school. Sounds like a porno. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but all in all, with the exception of maybe uh, Miss Corbero uh, and Weaving's um, casting, it was solid all around. I mean... I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with the people that they got and how the how they portrayed everything. Uh, James uh, Liao as Yasuzo, pretty solid. I mean, he was able to be menacing and generically evil. <laughs> yeah, it's all, usually these movies. You know, if they're going to be GI Joe or the TV show, it's it's right about trying to take over the world. I guess that's 
behind the scenes what was trying to happen in this movie. Yeah, but it was just kind of. He's just like, no, I'm going to have the power, and use this. Yeah, we'll get to that magic rock. Yeah. yeah, but okay. So we we've talked about a few of the people in there. We got distracted just slightly because a it's been a few weeks since we've been in the same studio, and b there's some good faces. There's some great faces. So for me, uh, out of a twenty point uh, grouping the number of good people would usually have my rating be a little higher, but because I've, I, I think some miscasting, I'm going to put it at a 13 out of 20. I felt a little bit more favorably and I gave a 16 out of 20. Speaking of favorably, <laughs> would you uh, think favorably of us? If you knew more about our social media, listen now. Hey there, Pudding People. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the Gram Gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, now... Our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Pudding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month. <laughs> yes. $12 <laughs> for a year. Yeah. Uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content as we get better equipment to release the content into. And when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this. And it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. You know, I keep saying that we're going to, uh, keep saying that we're going to change that. <laughs> it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, if I look at the date on it, it says August. Yeah. We need to update that just a little bit because we got some stuff going. But then again, we've also been slowed down by a variety of uh, mishaps and misadventures that have slowed the progress of the things that I want to release and get going. Ah, the joys of life. Life just gets in the way sometimes. That's right. Well, you know what also gets in the way sometimes? Bad props. Mmm. And I definitely thought that we saw some of those. In this particular movie, yeah, we we uh, I I I really only felt that there was one bad prop. I thought the rock was stupid. Um, the it just seems so out of place. Everything is technology and yada yada, but we got a, a rock. 
<laughs> that's the glowing and it has the power of the sun. But, uh, you know, I, I liked everything else. I liked the costumes we got to see. Snake Eyes' costume for a split second. And uh, Storm Shadow's costume was pretty solid. You know, a lot of it's it was just very generic, but it was generic in a very slick way, I felt. Yeah, the the delivery like the there was a lot of swords. And those were I love swords. Fine. And there were some guns. Less favorable about guns. The motorcycles that they drove around. Those were cool. I didn't understand the sound on them though. They, like, they were electric motorcycles. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Are these? Are these a, like, Tesla?" Had, I don't know much about electric vehicles, but these really sound like electric motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, I, I that really bugged me. Yeah, I was. I don't. I don't remember ever hearing any motorcycle sound like that. And I, I didn't like the headlights either. Uh, but uh, no, I'm I'm being picky about it. Yeah. Uh, the actual, like the the pit that they, the well, whatever that they dropped into. That's and more the, location there. And, well, the actual inside with the grates and the grass and oh, then the oh, snakes. Gotcha. The snakes were CGI, so you could put them in cinematography, Yeah, that's where I that guess. goes, yeah. Uh, but they're still, in, to an extent, a prop. And that whole thing was just kind of real cheesy to me and but they're snakes and they're giant snakes pythons 24 inch pythons super cool did you notice there were three snakes and they had different colors and they corresponded to the three major characters wow (laughs) I did not notice that they were white black and a different kind of black. Gray, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the rock, okay. Like, the most powerful thing on the planet, in a certain sense, stored in a locker. <laughs> That's a plot thing. But it's got a fingerprint. But yeah, DNA the, scanner. the little fingerprint thing that somehow pokes a thumb or finger or just like... Just whatever reads, scans it. Reads the bloody rag. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, in terms of how they're presenting this as a technology thing, what I didn't understand, because if I'm not mistaken, didn't didn't it say like 20 years ago or or whatever? Was That's that? when the, the original uh, killing of Snake Eyes' father happened. Okay. Um, and then it went modern day as soon as it went to the fight. Because some now I, I know this is G.I. Joe world, which you can interpret in any way possible. Um. But there was a lot of high tech things that seemed like f- fake, over the top high tech. But once again, if you have a rock that can just like explode things, right? You can make up your own version of what high tech is, I guess. Um, you know, in the very early cartoons, they had the weather manipulator man. There's all sorts of high techy stuff in the GI Joe world. Yeah, they had to steal the DNA from all the previous leaders and build one well that was after the first few seasons of gi joe that didn't happen immediately arise Sabrentor, arise if you remember back to the original like t- you know five part series of gi joe that's when they had to get all of the different pieces together to create the weapon like we have to get heavy water heavy water yes <laughs> i do remember that and it was always a battle but then the joes had to 
like make up their own versions of those things because right. Cobra kept getting all of the stuff. And so our bargain basement version wins. Yes. <laughs> I, so if you're going to have cheesy plots like that and you're going to push them into this, okay. But go what all I, the way. What I was getting at here is I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be top secret over the top high tech or they just did a bad job presenting how high tech things looked right i i, I was just confused on just like the laser grid and stuff and the like the the shop i guess you could call it the shop where they had their advanced weapons and in the ninja clan place yeah they didn't really narrow down anything that was in there it's just hey this room is blue green <laughs> Yeah. So I, it, it, the things you, you, like you said, they weren't bad. No. And the color, the color palette and the clothes and the jets and the cars and all those things, obviously they put money and effort into it. Um, so I'm not saying it was bad. It was just, it was lacking something. I had more issues with the location than I did with the costuming and props. I'm willing to give it a nine. I'm going to be nice uh, because, you know, for the most part, other than the, just the rock feeling very stupid, everything looked good. And, and the things that needed to blend into the background did. And the, the swords looked neat. And that was good enough for me. I did it seven, which it sounded like I was just going to trash it. But, you know, seven's still not bad. Nope. No. And similarly, the location. This is I had a little more problem with the location because you, there, there weren't many. You had the compound, you had the handful of uh, dirty bad guy spots that you got to visit, and the wharf, the wharf, uh, and Tokyo. And that's about it. Uh, you had the cabin in the woods, N not not the one from the movie, but from this movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, there was that other movie. That was a different cabin. Um, no killer plagues infecting people. No. Well, they had the, yeah, the, the nighttime alleyway Tokyo that's nowhere but has gigantic neon signs lighting up that dark alleyway. Yeah, it, it was a little weird. Um, just a little disjointed. Um, I, there's, there, I don't know if bland is the right word, but they did not overwhelm me. Now, none of them were just awful. None of them were bad. It's just that the things that were supposed to be impressive weren't that impressive. Yeah, and, and so there were the, like you said, the compound. And the compound has its own little different housing units, let's call it. And they did the traditional, like, sliding doors. And here is a bed. And here is your storage area they right? really wanted you to see the rocks and the steps yes there was a lot of a lot of nature involved yes which was fine and then a bridge that they went over probably 20 times but <laughs> well we can see it from the left side this time now let's look at it from the right side let's take it from the top now let's circle around with it. it's like God, i don't care about this bridge anymore and was this location this is a plot thing, I guess. Was this supposed to be a secret location or one that people knew about? But I don't know. I can't tell. There's no way that people didn't know about this. It's on top of a mountain with a visible laser grid. Yeah. 
and standing guards, not in normal like stuff, like suits. Yeah. They're all in ninja outfits in plain daylight. Yeah. <laughs> now, the ninja outfits were fine. They looked neat. But the actual compound itself was, I guess, well manicured. Yeah. So you know, okay. So you know, the Snake Eyes character was not given any information about where he was being taken by this other guy that is going to have him infiltrate this thing, and so he's being driven into this compound, and they open the doors, and two ninjas open the doors, and he doesn't say anything. It is. I, I was waiting for him. He goes, "Hey, uh, are are those nin- are those ninjas?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he got flown on his <laughs> on the jet, right? The oh. private jet, and those people had suits on. Yeah, and then, then driven in the nice car, and then now we're going into a compound with uh, ninjas. This is a change of pace. Okay, well they said yakuzas. Yeah, Before. but y- yakuzas are not ninjas. Yakuzas are gangsters. Gangsters, yes. So it's just an odd. <laughs> <laughs> like when you drive past the ninja opening up the door, you're like, sup, you know, like <laughs> everything's fine. This is normal. Yeah. This is a long way of saying seven. Uh I did seven as well. <laughs> Just Jesus. All right. So into our new category, the score. Now they had some major, major talent lined up for other movies. Uh <laughs> the, not so much on this one. Yeah, so so sometimes you need, and I, I guess part of it is, I didn't notice the score so much, and when you notice the score, it's either noticeably bad, mm-hmm. or it really drives emotion and your your feeling, or the enjoyment of the movie. Yeah, and I got really neither of that. It so, was just kind of so so filler. Right. Yeah. So filler means five. Yes. A lot of electronic music and fill the space in with a five. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's not even really worth talking any more than that. It was electronica and it was okay. Um, And that's out of 10. The new category is out of 10. Um, Now to cinematography. This is an area where we had some. Slight differences of opinion. Um, I mean, I thought the establishing shots were a little weak in a lot of places. Um, the angles chosen were just bad. Um, but I think I liked the fights maybe a little more than you did. I, I really enjoyed all of the action set pieces. I thought a lot of the filming was done at in nighttime situations, which can lead to problems. Let's say you're trying to film a movie about a character that's clad in black and he goes around biting the heads off of people. Uh, so you you would need to maybe get some better lighting to highlight what's going on. Uh, so now you're doing a film about ninjas, mostly wearing black at night. I had no trouble seeing anything. It was clear. Yeah, that was not a an issue that I found in, in this one. And you're right. The I think the darkest when you look at the contrast, there was the street fight. Yeah. 
uh, not street, but like highway fight that went on way too long. It was a little long. And like most G.I. Joe subjects, uh, <laughs> the aim of the bad guys was incredibly bad. And the fight was mediocre at best. You had yeah. elements that were like, oh, that's that's cool. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, it, it has to do with the plot, too. But like, we hate this guy. Let's kill him. And then, oh, he's fighting guys that are fighting us. We're going to go help him now. And let's go to this thing and let's let's trash our bikes. Right. Right. The thing that we can get around with. It, and we're just going to hop on this semi and fight the guy. Steal one of the cars. I mean, man, that's what they did. And they very fast and furious did it off of it and uh, were able to start the car. No problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're ninjas. By the They're way. ninjas with with car stealing abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nowadays, modern cars, it's still you just pull the two wires out and you touch them together. The car starts right. Up. <laughs> <laughs> but but ignoring the logic and the logistics uh the actual fights themselves were fun and they were i loved the fight with Hardmaster and the the bowls of water that was great um and i just i just really enjoyed the fight scenes uh i sort of enjoyed the rest of the <laughs> film but well and, and when you have i think that the talent that you have in terms of being able to do the fight scenes even the fight scenes with, we mentioned the bathroom fight scene. Right. Uh, that one honestly wasn't that bad. And they played it off with bits of humor too. Right. Um, but in terms of the actual, the, the, the thing I mentioned before was busy because it was always, I, I felt always at least one or two versus 20. There wasn't those fights of, one or two versus two or three, right? Right. It, it was always it was always large groups, so you always had to cut between this and this. And I threw this person, and I sliced this person, and then I hit this person. And but they never, you know, it's I, I watched. There's there's videos you can watch on YouTube that say uh, this expert in this subject, you know, critiques these seven movies that have these things in them. And one of the things that they point out all the time is in these large groups, like he's you like, you wouldn't get them one at a time. Yeah. I was like, if I was going to fight this, I just, we just all go in the same time and we'd, he'd be done. Right. Uh, so it, that doesn't make for good cinematography and good movies though. So it's just like, I feel like they sort of presented that in this though. There was multiple instances where they kind of had to lunge or throw their bodies at the people that all had swords and guns and knocking them out four at a time. Right. Right. So you're right. They presented it as they all rushed them at the same time. They weren't waiting turns. Yep. Uh, And the actual when you have the talent and you can control the things, you can make it look pretty good. But still, you could tell there were bits and pieces. And this is why we overanalyzing these things. You could tell they had to adjust some of the cuts because some of the movements weren't clear and crisp enough. But the highlight of this movie is not the acting and the cinematography of how things look pretty. It's the fights because you didn't hire these people as cast members to go and hug each other. You, you, You hired them to 
you know, fight off 20 stunt people at the same yeah. time. And I thought they did great with that. So for me, since that was kind of the focus, and you're not going to, even if it wasn't all that impressive on the other locations, it did enough to keep my interest. We chopped down cinematography to being out of 15 points. I still think they really achieved what they needed to. For, for me, that's a 12 out of 15. And there's been plenty of scenes where the action seemed forced in other movies where the actor actress both either did some work but weren't qualified to be doing that work on screen in front of people you didn't get this out of the out no. of this but like i said it was just there was a lot of things going on and there was things that i missed in, in, in this and i gave it a 10 out of yeah. 15 yeah all right now the 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 crux the thing that makes or breaks the movie the plot the plot and the writing this is i think this will always remain 20 points because it is the most important part uh and i will still stand by what i thought when they first released the very first gi joe film i said it then and i'll still say it if you're going to make a gi joe film do it as a tongue-in-cheek sort of a thing pseudo funny and present it like it was originally all of the guns fire lasers for some reason. You don't know why. They just do. And again, you can tell nobody can hit anybody, but they still somehow win. I want that. I know they wanted to go realistic for the, the whole action side of things, but man, it would have been so much better if they did it the other way. If you have the MacGuffin, if you will, be a fire rock, right? you can't have laser rifles that make you know the same yeah like what we remember from you know some of they had like that if you listen to it with a lot of bass they kind of had like that reverberation thud to it you know like so I think this goes to what we were talking about that they made this movie based on characters in a time frame that we like but they're targeting an audience that's younger than us. And for us who enjoyed all these things like Transformers and G.I. Joe and other other things in that era, you're delivering just a completely different product. So our 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 expectations are skewed in, in terms of the plot even, right? Like right. It, all the plots in the cartoons were just patently absurd they're ridiculous i mean you had one of the favorite characters from the original show was a member of the gi joe because he liked boats and he had a parrot yeah they they found him in a cobra bar if i'm not mistaken <laughs> he was never any good he never never contributed anything but he was a gi joe yeah <laughs> and was it shipwreck shipwreck yeah. yep <laughs> the you know, in the in the second GI Joe movie, they the one of the main bad guys was a character uh, called Firefly, and I had to do more references. I was like, I don't even remember the Firefly character from the from the cartoon, and he showed up in bits and pieces here and there, and he was integral in a couple episodes, but he wasn't like season one season two no. it's like he wasn't there but they put a focus on him in 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 that second movie and, and i was just like 
I mean, okay, the the character fit, but it, it wasn't that character wasn't absurd. But what I'm saying is like this whole GI Joe thing is filled with like hundreds of characters. Oh yeah, and each of the characters do the dumbest things and. They're dressed the same in every episode, right? Yes, they are. Where it's just like they're not in military outfits except for a couple folks. It's you need to identify me like I'm a member of the village people. Yeah. And if you're going to do this movie, there has to be certain amounts of absurdity in it. And I think what we got out of this was a real struggle to do absurdity. You tried to base it on real points with a little bit of absurdity like almost like magic right not scientific over the top absurdity and that's to me where i think where the movie really lets us down yeah so i mean they they completely changed the origin stories of snake eyes and to a certain extent uh storm shadow and if this was a movie that was not titled snake eyes i think it would still be fine because as the story goes it's okay it's not amazing, but it's okay. Now, when you say it's a G.I. Joe film, is it really when you when you change everything out? I'm going to give you a strawberry tart. I'm going to remove the strawberry. I'm going to insert a blueberry, but I'm going to call it a strawberry, and this is a strawberry tart. Is it really still a strawberry tart? I would argue no, it is not. But, but if you've never had a strawberry tart before right. and someone tells you that that's what that is, that's, right. that's what you're going to know. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what I feel is going on with this. Plus, uh, I don't like the fact that Snake Eyes talked for the entire film. He's supposed to be silent most of the time. I prefer him silent. You should have made him silent early on or at least somewhere at the end where you, I take a vow to never speak again and blah, 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 nothing. Well, I what I thought was going to happen uh, at the Poison? very... Well, uh, he, I thought he was going to get like a sword to the throat, like just slashed or some damage to his throat area which prevented him from talking going forward but it's just like there, there's no explanation on that or just like no nope. i'm a regular dude and now i have a helmet on but like the entire the entire everything of snake eyes is he doesn't talk like right that's that's his you know when i when i said just a few minutes ago like every gi joe character does something absurd that's snake his eyes, thing that's his thing he doesn't talk so, technically, in this movie, he wasn't the true realized Snake Eyes, I no. guess, yet. So, maybe we'll see why he doesn't talk later on. Uh, if they ever know. make more, I don't Plus, know. Plus, he had a dog. Where's his dog? You remember the wolf? Uh, well, maybe he hasn't gotten to the point where he's <laughs> r- rescued a wolf yet. <laughs> so, I mean... Okay, so we're, we're kind of stretching here. Uh, but, but the point that we're just basically trying to make is the plot of the film is okay, but it's not G.I. Joe. It's not G.I. Joe, and the plot, the plot, the core of the plot is fine. It's how you arrive at the core of the plot, I think, ultimately, that is the issue. When we mentioned before, hey, there's this gigantic ninja compound. In the middle of Tokyo. <laughs> Nobody notices. Like, it, is it supposed to be secret? Or is it just like, hey, those dudes have a lot of land. Cool, man. Or, you know, the, the places that they have the top secret security where they have all the lasers across the roof. But everybody just kind of comes and goes as they please. Like, there's no security. There's the spot where they 
are storing the, the, the weapons compound. And it's protected outside by people in full ninja gear. But it's just like, they just kind of stand in there, you know, like. <laughs> just doing my shift, man. I'm just, yeah, I, <laughs> I got a clock out at 10 and I got to get out of here. And the the actual room that stores the, the, the sword, it's just a locker that you get into with blood. Like, it's. You mean the rock? The stores the rock. The stores. What did I say? The rock. Yeah. Sword. 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 Yeah. The rock. That too. But Uh, it has lanterns. There's a lot of lanterns. There's a lot of lanterns in there. I. I, Whatever. Sure. I mean, there's there's zero protection. No. To get into that building, honestly, just like the doors just open up. I could have broken that out. So, the whole the whole fact of the ninja compound being secret and secure and everybody being trained except nobody really cared so that that part was was really weird and if they were really ninjas the dude wouldn't have hopped on a bike and driven into Tokyo and done whatever he wanted to do and then well even if they're ninjas they're high tech ninjas that are almost like spies and what you don't put a gps tracker on your freaking electro bike <laughs> just in case just you, you never know so the fact that he was he joined this group to find his father and then he infiltrated the group and of course he found companionship within the group right and then had to ultimately break that companionship for his ultimate goal of finding his father and the well, guy is the killer of his father. Killer of his father. Like, why, why didn't you tell me? Like that was that was pretty dumb. I, almost, I, almost as dumb as uh, my name is Snake Eyes because I saw dice. Yeah, like really, you're going to name yourself because obviously you named yourself. Somebody else didn't name you that. You had to tell people I'm Snake Eyes. Why? No reason. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually true. There's no reason for you to call yourself. That. I saw the Nicolas Cage movie and I really <laughs> liked it. <laughs> oh. What what they do for Storm Shadow, the the grandmother. You was, are the shadow before the storm and it's like, "Okay, I'll just flip them." Yeah. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> oh man. But I mean, even then it still kind of sort of works. Kind of sort of Sure. Good enough to be enjoyable. Yes. So we we talk a lot about plot and how awful it is in a lot of things. And I've definitely given scores of eights and nines and tens out of right. 20 for plot. And that wasn't the case in this one. This, the plot ultimately doesn't kill this movie, but no. it doesn't strengthen it either. And it's just got a lot of little small problems. And that, and yeah, it, what contributes, like we said, what contributes to the main plot are the actual issues. The main plot itself is serviceable. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, for me, that means fifteen. For you, fourteen. So you know, you know, it was enjoyable. Would I watch it again? No. Would I tell people to stay away from it and run in terror? No. It's it's okay. Now, what what's important on this too is we watch this on. Amazon Prime. Right. And if if I noticed correctly, now I don't know 
the ins and outs of everything. You can watch this in UHD. You can. It was available. So uh, also, side note, uh, if you'd like to watch G.I. Joe Retaliation also in UHD for some unknown reason. Um, why, why would you do that to yourself? But yes, you can. Uh, you know, it's. If you just if you want to if you watch this one and then you're just interested in like okay so they they did have two other GI Joe movies one of them had the Rock in it you know like it must have been okay if the Rock was in it yeah. so <laughs> it's he was not the uh, the mega star at that point I don't think yeah Ch- Channing Tatum was in it but uh, he was the, no the Rock was the main character. Yeah. So he was just was roadblock. Just getting into his into his like superstar type of role and he looks, you know, smaller than his massive hulk that he is right now. But what I'm saying is this is not the same as those movies. No. If you see this one and you want to watch the other ones, they're on the same, they're all on Amazon Prime if you really want to go back. But if you're out there and you're listening and you want to watch this one and you didn't know it was Amazon Prime, on Amazon, I think it just got put on there probably within like the last month or two because yeah. it's a fairly new movie um, in terms of I think it was towards the end of the year in 2021, so it hasn't been out that long. So this kind of leads me into the bonus point section of the program, and uh, that is I'm going to give it one bonus point because I think this is worth noting. The first film was atrocious. The second film, from what I, I, I believe Richard on this was also atrocious. So you've made two ghastly, awful G.I. Joe films. You go, eh, let's do an origin of Snake Eyes. It should have been awful, and it wasn't. Yeah. That's impressive to me. Uh, so that, that gets a point. So that hopefully the first two were effectively ignored um, and if we're lucky, they'll develop something with a little bit more, I don't know, guts in terms of like presenting it as the G.I. Joe that us old people know, <laughs> uh, whether we actually get to that point or not. Who knows? I don't know how well this one did in the theater. I don't think it did very well. Well, at 2021, it can't have. And... I'm sure there was a decent budget that was pumped into this. So the fact that the, I don't know if they're going to make another one. It wasn't really well rated. I, I I I always hope for some of my favorites that they're actually going to put some effort into it and they're, they're going to try, but I just don't have any hopes for this one. Lifetime gross 28 million. Well, that's just in North America. I guess yeah. not even Mexico. So. Well, let's check Bulgaria. Ooh. $4,600. Nice. Good job, Bulgaria. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, it, it's uh, opening weekend did $13 million. Worldwide, $40 million. Budget was $88 million. Mm. <laughs> So, I don't know if we're going to get another one. But, uh, yeah, so what does it say? July of 20. So, it's about a year old at this point. So... Uh, you know, when you see those movies and you have that hope that they're going to make more of those movies, so you wish for good box office success. Dune was one of those things. And obviously they're making 
the the next bits to that one. So that's pretty exciting. But I just don't think, based on the results of this one, that they're gonna do more GI Joe. But hey, you never know. Yeah, we'll see. But our total scores for this film, uh, I gave a seventy-two overall. Mister Richard did a sixty-nine, and that, on as purpose. they say, <laughs> that as they say, is a passing score. I mean. Uh, a D plus from Richard, right? C minus for me. You know, not not terrible. It, especially based on the other two that were produced, is could have been a lot worse. Yeah, because those other two were definitely Fs. Yes, without a doubt. Yeah. But what did you think, folks? Did you like this film? Did you see this film? Did you know it even existed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that's the real question. But uh, let us know, you. Uh, as of our commercial in the middle, at the very least, know how to get a hold of us on social media. We'd love to get what you think. Uh, and uh, we will be coming back within the next week. We're still kind of trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do. We're probably going to do another movie review of some kind. But we've got some really interesting interviews coming up here shortly. We're going to have some top tens coming in. We're going to continue down the history of comic book and comic strip television shows. Uh, so we got some good stuff coming. Keep tuning in, and we'll let you know uh, anytime something really interesting happens. 